Hello, and welcome along if you're listening in Seattle. Surprisingly enough, we seem to have a lot of people listening in Seattle, and we have absolutely no idea why. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, yep. and to have fun. Mm, not sure about that. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So that's uh, Sherry Smith and Philip Jackson, your hosts for the Selling on eBay radio show about having fun and making money on the good old eBay platform. Sherry's a full-time eBay seller based over in Colorado and makes most of her money from consignment selling. It has, um, which is very annoying, frankly. <laughs> she has the <laughs> annoying knack of getting onto every half-decent eBay junket they throw at her. <laughs> I struggle to get on any of these things and get nothing for free, and she's flying around the place being wined and dined by eBay. How unfair is that? Well, Philip's been selling full-time on eBay for over 12 years, and he works from home in the near the happiest place on earth in Florida, but his second office is at Applebee's, where he conducts business during yep. happy hour. Show prep. He will be regaling eBay folks soon, so he doesn't get... It's not like that he isn't getting any of the good stuff. Very we'll good. talk about that later. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, so you can find out about us. We're not going to talk too much about us. The details of our stores and stuff can be found at uh, sellsellsell.online. That's sellsellsell.online. Or if you want the... Uh, the real truth, the stuff we can't talk about here. Uh, then if you're in the Orlando area, uh, when Tuesday 25th of April, 5.30 p.m., Firebirds uh, come by and um, we'll have a little get-together, maybe do some eBay uh, questions and answers, whatever. But uh, anyway, that's where I'll be at and uh, hosting a meet-up uh, in, in, in a short time. Uh, we'd love to see you there. Anyway, in the, the, today's program, Sherry, we have... More details released on eBay International Shipping. That's right. And also do our best to uh, summarize all the comings and goings on the eBay cyberstalking case. And eBay resumes the battle against 1099Ks for almost everyone. And good news. Also, uh, it seems like eBay is resuming uh, attending seller in-person events. We'll have uh, the scoop on some upcoming dates uh, and places for your diary. Okay, let's move on with the uh, the news this week. And uh, I, we were listening to the eBay podcast because that's a good source of uh, eBay information that's uh, vetted and approved for official uh, channels for by eBay. And then a chap on uh, recently talking about the eBay international shipping, which is an interesting thing they've come up with. Uh, lots of good ideas in there. And there was some stuff that I thought I hadn't heard mentioned before. Uh, so... Just, just to bring out the things I thought that were new announcements. Firstly, there was reference to withdrawing the sort of eBay, what's it called, eBay Standard International or International Standard, the current right. duty unpaid service, as an option. So it sounds like if you don't jump on board with the new shipping system, that option will disappear and you'll be limited to go back to sort of USPS FedEx and UPS. So that was a Which is getting to me. more expensive, right? Yeah, it's quite a good option. I wouldn't mind carrying on doing that, you know, as an a la carte option going forward. It sounds like they, they plan to withdraw it and only make that available when you do the new 
uh, eBay international shipping. So that's one thing that the guy said. Uh, they also talked about what happens to items that, that are returned or not wanted or not as described, because as you recall, Shari, I think the system is, the new system is that eBay takes responsibility for that. You as a seller, if you sell something internationally through the new system, have no comeback at all. So what is eBay yes. going to do with these pallets of stuff that come back into the, the depot? And the answer is they are going to resell them back on eBay. Hey, that's uh, fine with me. Well, I, I'm not so sure that's a great. Well, it's not so. I'm not sure sure that's a great thing for sellers. For a start, you've got this stuff. It's all coming back into their hubs, which is right now Chicago, and I think shortly, any day now, I think they're going to announce uh, Los Angeles as the second international hub. So this stuff's being uh, flown back into the U.S., um, but then it gets resold on the platform, and I'm guessing that. Uh, the the only thing they could use to describe the items is the description that the original seller used. So you've got your stuff now coming back, potentially being sold on the same platform as you're selling your stuff. Might that be confusing? I don't know. It's interesting. Um, you think uh, they'll just relist it from your listing with your pictures? Well, let's say you were given a job of listing 200 items a day from this pallet. Where would you go to pick the description up? Oh, you just go to this write the description, but not reusing your pictures. Well, we don't know. They they would claim they have the right to reuse them if you they choose to do so. So maybe they'll take their own pictures. Maybe they won't. I don't know. It's an interesting thing, and you know, because I think that how how you write something up and how you take the pictures is is in many ways on eBay the most obvious way that you get your brand across, because very few people relative to the people that see listings, go and look at your storefront. That's not a high traffic area, much though eBay would like it to be. Um, so, you know, are they going to recycle your your text and, and photos to resell this stuff? The only thing they, they have said is they don't, they won't allow the resold items to go out internationally. So they'll be domestic only. Um, and there was a discussion on, on Griff's uh, podcast about the fact that one of the feed items of feedback they get from sellers is that sellers, oh, can I can I repurchase my own items? I'd like to resell my own stuff. So there is discussion about maybe having maybe first right of refusal for the original seller to reacquire that item for them to relist it. Obviously, I don't know what the commercials Ooh, might be. that's interesting. But that seems to be one potential way if you if you're a control freak like me and you don't want some clown from ebay in chicago reselling my stuff with you know creating the same imagery and impressions but not having the same backup um you know maybe you could bid to to take your own stuff back which kind of moves it back to where it was in the first place i suppose but anyway so that's kind of out there in there on their radar as a future capability um the other thing they talked about which i, I didn't know is now when we send stuff out internationally, there are two types of two ways of doing it, uh, known in the trade as DDP and DDU. Although the the guy on the podcast I think muddled up his acronyms, which is typically for duty, delivered duties unpaid and delivered duties paid. Those are the two systems. Historically, oh. we've always sent stuff either ddu that's unpaid for like usps international mail where yeah they get a tax bill at the other end from their local government and they have to settle that up before they get the package or ddp and that's gsp 
when the yeah. taxes are collected at the time of purchase and they're, they're paid across via eBay. What they said on the podcast was right now they do a mixture of those two systems depending on the country and the value of the items. So, for example, to Canada, it is typically better to send stuff unpaid because in most cases they won't get charged duties, just the way things work there. Uh, so they've picked up the feedback that people in Canada do not like the DDP system, the duties paid. Oh, they okay. would, they like to take their chances on unpaid duties, uh, and so that's what they offer for that. Maybe other places the ruling's different. I didn't know they were offering some kind of logic between different countries and prices to decide between the two systems. And this is kind of a precursor to where they are planning to go, which is to offer the buyer the choice of DDU or DDP when they make the purchase. So this is systems-wise slapping together the eBay international standard and the GSP logic and giving you a single flow that where you as a buyer say at the front end which, which approach do you prefer and then collecting the taxes or not collecting the taxes depending on which one you select. That's great that they're giving the buyer the option. I think that's been out there as an idea for a while, but I didn't know they were doing a mixed approach already. Uh, and the guy also talked about the German packaging rules, the thing where you're supposed to, if you're a professional seller's, seller, apply for some kind of shipping license from the German authorities for the princely sum of 42 euros, which is, you know, not to be sniffed at, uh, in order to be able to send stuff to Germany and not have it rejected. Um, he makes the point uh, on the podcast that uh, that's all handled by eBay under the new system, and that's that's good news uh, wow. for you and me. But uh, they are picking up the vibe that there are much more of these kinds of things coming around the corner from maybe other countries. Uh, and again, they'll be taking care of all that. So again, they're, they're trying to sort of nudge us fairly firmly towards using the new system uh, and, and, you know, rolling your own is considered to be perhaps not the way forward. Who knows? Yeah, I wouldn't want to. I, I like being I like being in their system because then you also have the you're protected. Mm -hmm. If it gets lost. Yes. Doesn't make it or and then or if the buyer wants to return it. I like that. OK, so it gets a thumbs up. You're using it. I'm. I haven't uh, myself. I've I've got the sort of various emails saying it's coming soon, but uh, I haven't. Uh, to be honest, I'm not in a hurry anyway. Uh, I will review it when the time comes. Uh, so that's the, uh, the the scuttlebutt on the eBay international shipping, as released on the eBay podcast recently. Um, also in the news, Sherry, uh, did you get an email from uh, the Main Street folks at eBay asking you to write to your senator, etc.? I did not see that email, oh. but they are asking sellers to write to politicians regarding the 1099Ks, and um, that's through eBay Main Street. I don't, I don't know why I didn't uh, get the email. Maybe I'll see it tomorrow or something. Um, but eBay, you know, got this legislation at least delayed so that they're not issuing 1099Ks to people who sell at least $600, which is what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and now they want us to write to politicians. And it's really easy to do. If you just click through the email, they have like a form uh, letter 
and eBay does all the work for you. Indeed. Yeah. So uh, I think we did mention on a previous show that eBay is flying me <laughs> to DC. Um, and, no expense, uh, bed. No expense, bed. I know. And also, <laughs> it's funny when they gave me, and what we're going to do is meet with new Congress members. I mean, I happened to be in a district that they needed. Uh-huh. So, you know, dumb luck strikes again. And uh, talk about the um, Shop Safe Act and different legislation like that. We'll probably talk about the 1099Ks as well. Um, try to build relationships there with new Congress members. Um, they, but when they were showing the a flight options and for me to get there in time, it was going to be like a flight at 6 a.m. And I'm thinking, why does it take so long to get to D.C.? Well, it's because of the two hour time difference. So I said so that I don't have to wake up at two in the morning. Can I come the day before? So they did that. Okay. So you get a nice uh, as cozy night in a hotel, nice yeah. dinner in the hotel restaurant, nice glass of something to wash it down. On, on eBay's dime. <laughs> Get a good night's sleep. Otherwise, I'll be exhausted it's a rough the whole time. All right. I know. Very good. Life's hard. Yeah, so they're, they're kind of um, getting ramped up again. We had all this at the end of last year trying to shut down the, the 1099Ks for anyone that does more than $600 on eBay, which is a lot of people. Uh, I think they're trying to make it, what, 10000 or something like that, a little bit, little bit of a higher threshold. Uh, because they think that it'll be a big disincentive to people coming to the platform or people will leave or they'll get thousands of uh, calls from people uh, complaining about, you know, why have I got this document in the mail, all that sort of stuff, which will just create a bunch of uh, headaches for them. So they're, they're pushing hard to try and get that reversed. I certainly got the email saying, would I please write to my... Maybe it's just certain... Um, districts, districts or stuff. Yeah, it could be that. Anyway, so I I, I read it and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm behind this. It makes sense. I don't agree with everything they, they try and push for, but this seemed to make sense to me. So I did send it off. I got the acknowledgements back, the sort of standard boilerplate letter that the senator sends back saying, I love taking the views of my constituents into, uh, into mine and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, there we are. I've done it. Yeah, and it's probably sellers who are selling less than $10,000 might not be itemizing and writing things off. And this brings up the whole a thing that they're going to have to do that kind of accounting if they're getting a 1099K. Yes, yes. I mean, eBay, although they don't give tax advice, as they say, says, oh, don't worry about it. It's just informational. Well, it's more than that because the government gets a copy of that document. And yeah. I, I think a pretty fast way of, of moving up the the order risk, the audit risk list is to not put on your tax return something that the government's got a copy of. So exactly, I, I think you it. you have to now include that. And by the way, make sure the numbers match because if it doesn't jive, there's some AI machine somewhere in in a basement in government land that's going to say, "Oh, that looks interesting. Why don't we forward that upstairs for someone to take a bit of a closer look at?" And yeah. to my mind, that's something you don't want to have happen. No. All right. So that's 1099 Ks. Uh, moving on with the eBay news this week. Uh, uh, 
like I said, eBay is um, starting to crank up the appearances at various uh, events around the country. Uh, they had a big seller event in Portland uh, the other week. And as of about today, we have confirmation, for those of us that are in Florida, a bit parochial, but there you go, um, that uh, eBay is coming to town. We have eBay coming to visit uh, sellers in Florida in June. I believe there is a plug happening on the eBay podcast this week. If it isn't, it'll be soon with a longer item coming out a little bit closer to the event. And uh, it's Brian Burke who gets sent out on the road because it's always Brian. But Brian yeah, does a I very good Brian. job attending these events. He, he's Why would you he's go to best. a live event? It's because, to be honest, you get a much more candid answer from eBay in, in the privacy of a private room than you're going to get sending it into the podcast. Yeah. So, yes, you can hear Brian on the, on the eBay podcast, but I think that getting to talk one-on-one with folks from eBay, you get a much more detailed, personalized, and a much more candid, in my view, answer uh, than going via the official approach. So Brian is doing a little mini uh, Florida tour. Here are the dates. He's coming to uh, Tampa on the 12th of June, uh, coming over to Orlando, which is the one I'm hosting, on the 13th of June, and then on the 14th of June, going down to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, by the way, if, if there's not uh, a meetup group or whatever in your town, eBay is very keen that you should start one. Um, there's a section of the community pages where uh, you can get access to and get information and stuff. Uh, and and I mean, to be honest, most people don't want to travel more than maybe 20 miles to go to a meetup event. So, right, you know, having one that's an hour away doesn't mean anything really. So, if there isn't one that's that's really quite close by to you, well, think about starting one. Um, yeah. Uh, eBay is trying to be much more supportive and maybe will help you with, I don't know, swag or the cost of a pizza or two or whatever. Uh, so get engaged with them. It's certainly worth thinking about. In the case of, uh, just a shameless plug coming up, by the way, uh, in the case of the Orlando event, so that's the 13th of June, uh, we are um, hosting the event at uh, Bar Louie, which is uh, oh yeah, definitely on the happy hour scale towards the more generous end of things. Uh, we've got a private room booked, probably 50, 60 people I can fit in there. Nice. Uh, the happy hour deal, I think, is 4 or $5 beers. I think any wine they sell is $6 a glass, including the really premium wines. I think martinis and cocktails, $7. Half uh, appetizers, some appetizers and flatbreads, wow. half price. And it's a Tuesday, so it's half price craft burgers. Oh, my gosh. So, Philip, you got to go get your money's worth. There you go. Uh, it, you could be there just for the food and drink alone, and that wouldn't be a nice night out. If you say hello to Brian, that's a bonus. Yeah. All right. So that's the uh, the uh, the events. Uh, you, there's some brief details already posted at sellerevents.ebay.com. I know the other two ladies will be adding more details to their postings. I'll be putting more on uh, Meetup. So we'll cover that again uh, when we speak next time. So uh, that's good news. eBay doing more of this. And there's other ones apparently in the works that I'm not privy to. So uh, stand by for more announcements along those lines. I think it's been a long while. Um, you know, of eBay not doing live events. And it's nice to see they're heading out on the road. Obviously, eBay open, whatever form that is, coming up in due course as well. And we still don't know about that. Very good. Do if we? You, one of the, we don't. We know nothing at all. Apart <laughs> okay. from we know nothing, and therefore we're inferring that it's not happening anytime soon. 
Um, if you want to find out more about the Orlando event, I can definitely tell you about that. And again, another shameless plug, uh, just come by uh, the uh, the Firebirds bar meetup, uh, 25th of April, Tuesday at uh, 5.30 onwards. And uh, I'll have all the details there, although I think you know most of them by now. Why don't we talk about, uh, uh, in terms of things in the news, the latest and greatest uh, information on the cyber-stalking cyber case, the civil case. Mm-hmm. which if you haven't heard anything about, you're going to have to Google eBay cyberstalking and, and catch up on that. Uh, and because the, the 21st was the main deadline uh, for the respondents in the civil case to file their basic reactions to the complaint, a couple of people have got extensions, but we know what most people are doing at the moment. And uh, it's a it's a lot of lot of multi-page attachments to go through, and I'm hoping that somebody else is going to produce a really good summary so, so we don't have to do that hard work. But I'll tell you the basic gist of it. Uh, so the people at the sort of the working level staff, who I believe will be responding from inside the, uh, the who's gal, uh, say that uh, basically they were following eBay's directions or the directions of their management, perhaps it's fair to say, and, and therefore that's their answer. Uh, there are certain named executives who are um, charged under the, uh, the the complaint, and, and basically they seem to be saying, well, they didn't know what was going on at the working level, that this was all a conspiracy set up lower down the organization, and they would have had no way of knowing what was going on. Take your own view on that. And then at the corporate level, the eBay response seems to be, because the complaint is that they were negligent in running the corporation, that this stuff was going on, and they didn't mm. take any action to discover it or react to it. And basically they're saying uh, that in their view, there was not anything that was out there that they, they could have known about until it surfaced later on and that they didn't ignore actionable evidence. It just wasn't any evidence in the first place. And that's that's my sort of very, very loose three-line summary of where things are at. More importantly, it's a case of what the judge thinks. And these things, I think most of them are going to go to oral arguments, which would be a fascinating session to sit in the public gallery and see how that plays out. But I don't think I'm going to go to Boston and, mm-hmm. and do that. But maybe someone will be there and, and will uh, tell us what happens. Um, so, yes, that's where it, it, it's going. It really now depends on on the judge. Does the judge think is the complaint versus the replies? Um, you know, who has the balance of argument and is it strong enough to go forward to a jury trial? That's what they're arguing over. Do, does this oh, go to God. trial? And if so, which elements of the, the action are um, triable and which ones don't have enough meat on the bone to get there? And apparently, I, I think it's the general case with these civil things that the, the first thing that happens is everybody files motions to dismiss on as many points as they can to try and whittle it down uh, to the uh, the things that really there's some element of, of debate on. And that's kind of where we're at now. So it's trundling on in the background. Uh, if you need help finding all those documents, I can point you in the right direction. Uh, feel free to get in touch via the website. That's uh, www.sellsellsell.online. And, uh, you know, you can read along or follow along at home and form your own view. If you want to give us your thoughts on all of this, uh, it would be great to hear from you as well. Okay, I think that probably covers our news uh, for this week. Uh, other things going on. Now, Sherry, you ran into an issue because you wanted to ensure something that you were sending via UPS? Yes, and I thought, oh, I remembered that years ago I bought insurance through eBay mm-hmm. for a $600 necklace yep. that I uh, sold, and it was 
lost in the mail, but I had done eBay's insurance, which is ship cover. You can buy it when you create the label. It's called ship cover. And I had purchased that. It was the easiest thing I've ever done, um, filing the claim and getting the money for it. So as we've been talking about UPS and how impossible and it's just not worth trying to file a claim with them. So I thought, oh, well, I'll just pay that extra insurance through eBay when I create the label. And what I noticed is when it's UPS, um, it's just UPS's declared value that you're purchasing. So there's no point in that. That would just be more of the same. However, so the, the ship cover is only for the post office, that one that's good. Okay. Um, but I went through pirate ship today yep. because I had more pottery of the same brand that's really expensive, but an item broke that I had just tons of padding on. So um, I had another piece that I was shipping today. So I went through pirate ship and they have ship insurance. So I purchased that for okay. UPS ground. All right. And were, are the rates reasonable or more competitive than other things? I mean, did you get some sense? Yes. Of- it was it was much cheaper than ship cover. Oh. Um, it was like a dollar per hundred is what it seemed to be. So a budget of like was- 1%? I mean, that's, that's not too yeah. bad because I think typically rates operate at 1.3 plus, I think, is quite common. Oh, okay. Don't okay. Know. So that sounds about right. Because it was a few dollars and the item was $375. Mm-hmm. And the other item I was shipping is this IQ Air air uh, Cleaner. But it's like 29 inches tall by 19 by 19. Um, so I, and that one also sold for $395. And I insured that for a few bucks. So my new policy is when I'm shipping UPS ground and the item's worth more than $100, I'm going to do it through pirate ship. And no, we don't make any money off of plugging uh, pirate ship. The, my account with them is free, so you can make a free account. And then I just click import from eBay. And it was so easy. So I, I now have this new peace of mind. Hmm. Um, for insuring items that I'm shipping with UPS ground because I've kind of been traumatized. Okay. <laughs> you know? So anyway, that's that's the new deal. Very good. The only thing I think, I, the thing with um, Pirate Ship is the integration with places like eBay is a little rustic. You know, it's it's... For example, it's quite difficult to amend an address if you, the address is formatted weird, or they put, oh, okay, you know, put the, you know, the purchase order number where the first line of the address should be, and it's kind of causing problems. Oh, I see. Okay, uh, you the, you can't really edit it. You have to create a whole manual. Oh, that's corrected right. Corrected label, yeah. and and then use that, which is a pain, and then. Um, if if you're using it with with other platforms, what you do is just amend the order on the on the store platform that you're using, and then re-import it, and it and it changes everything. But with eBay, that doesn't work. So the edit process with eBay stuff 
is more complicated on pirate ship than perhaps it might be. Uh, I guess that's okay. just the way the API works with eBay. But so that's the only thing is 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 you might end up manually doing stuff that you know you wouldn't otherwise have to do just because of the way things work. But it's certainly. I think the rates are pretty much the same as the eBay negotiated rates from UPS. I haven't seen much difference. Um, and uh, the insurance, if that's if that's your thing, seems, I think, quite reasonable. Yeah. And I'm just going to assume that it's as easy as using ship cover. So Okay. Well, obviously, if you get any claims, hopefully you won't. But you can let us I'll know, let what, know what the yeah, process I'll definitely... is, how many hoops you have to jump through to get your money back out. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mentioned the other day that uh, I, I ran into an issue with a seller. This is with me buying stuff. And, you know, they were mucking around uh, doing drop shipping in a form that eBay doesn't support, which is they advertise stuff at 10 bucks more on eBay than you can buy on Amazon. And then when they when you put an order with them on eBay, they just order it from Amazon as a gift, put in your delivery address as the gift recipient and send it out. So... A, that's bad, you know, buyer uh, experience anyway. And secondly, this particular clown didn't even know what the right item was. So he ordered the wrong item. He ordered the Ugh. inferior version, the light version of whatever this item was, uh, which, of course, was – that's why he thought it was cheaper on Amazon, but it wasn't. So anyway. Oh. So the, the wrong thing turns up. Um, I complain – well, I, I try to make a return. He says, well, I'm going to return it via the Amazon process. So here's a QR code. Take it down to UPS, and uh, they'll handle it. Well, that's not going to work for me because – it breaks the money-back guarantee because no one other than him and Amazon get to see the progress of that return. So I could happily trot down to the UPS store, hand in my item, and the guy may say, well, you never returned it. I never got it. I mean, what am I going to do in that situation? So uh, I rang up eBay and said, look, we need to put this back on the money-back guarantee flow, please. Um, the guy hasn't sent me a label, strictly speaking. And so, you know, they give him five days to send me a label. He doesn't do anything about it. And they close the case out in my favor. So I get the $250 item for free. He's out the money. Um, and, you know, I guess I'm a winner at that point, but it's a, it's a lot of process. So I think the message here is don't, don't go, you know, people aren't stupid. They know, well, maybe they are, but, you know, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is from a seller's point of view. If you think you can round trip the Amazon pricing, well, maybe you're looking at the wrong item. And also, if you get an email from eBay saying, hey, you need to take care of this, it's probably not a bad idea to try and respond every once in a while. Because, you know, back in the day, if you didn't respond, they would just issue a label on your dime and you get the thing back. Well, they've kind of got tired of doing that now. And they will just have the buyer keep the item and they get their money back and you're out the item. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think there's any kind of appeal once they've done that. They're not going to come after me and help, you know, rebuild me for that item once I've got it for free. So that's, from a seller's point of view, it really is worth keeping on top of these things. Maybe this guy was so busy making money, as he thought, uh, sending items off Amazon to fulfill his eBay orders that, that he didn't care. I don't know. What Make was interesting for free. was I, I was trying to think, what do I do about feedback on this? And it's it's kind of hard to leave negative feedback, even though it was a bad experience having got the item for free. So I'm thinking I'm in the neutral camp on this. And most, mostly I, I was talking about the fact that I didn't think it was I – th I felt it important that other potential buyers should be alert to the fact that this guy is just 
ordering the stuff on Amazon for 10 bucks less than he's charging and then sending it out as a gift, which might be okay, but understand if there's a return here, then then you might be out of luck in terms of any kind of support from eBay. So Can I, you still leave feedback on an item you were refunded for? Sure. Oh, I didn't know once that. You, once you pay the money, you get feedback rights. Well, this is the point of the story, I suppose. Yes and no. Because, yes, I wrote my little uh, story on the feedback form, and I went back a few hours later because sometimes people write a response, and it's always curious to see what they write, and it had gone. And the reason it had gone is that he was operating free returns. So either the free return feedback protection had kicked in within minutes, if not hours, and automatically oh. deleted it. And I don't think that's how it works. I think it's like runs once a month. Um, or he'd spotted that and had called eBay to have them remove it manually on the grounds it was a neutral feedback on a paid return and therefore he's entitled to have it taken away. You know, I didn't realize that that's why people, if I refund them or cancel the sale, why they can't leave me negative feedback. I didn't realize it was because I do free returns. Okay. Well, I, I yeah, I, I, maybe this is something that, that people might, you know, know more about the uh, surprisingly enough, uh, when does that uh, when does that protection kick in? Is it like a real time thing where there's they're constantly scanning neutral negative feedback that's left, and 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 as soon as they see one from a transaction that was free returns, they immediately delete it. Or I as I think it is, it's maybe like one of those twentieth of the month kind of things where they they run a routine, not very often, and then catch it. But if you call customer service. It's within policy to take it off straight away because mm. this disappeared pretty sh and this guy's not been too sharp on the transaction up until now so for him to have spotted the negative feedback and got in touch with customer service and got it taken off in the space of an hour or two um, that seems unlikely strikes me unlikely given past behavior so maybe maybe they've now speeded the whole process up and this happens quickly i don't know maybe we'll find out Okay. And with that, we can move on to, I think, uh, Sherry, we, you have a, you wanted to have a session called The Dumbest Question of the Week. Yeah, I do. Which is, I our, dumb, which is our dumb question this week. Is eBay quoting the shipping accurately? It seems high. Mm. I know that doesn't seem a dumb in and of itself, but what I'm thinking when I read it is, what is your zip code? Okay. <laughs> because how would I know? I don't even know if you're in the U.S., so... I realize I, that maybe I'm getting an edge to me or something, or I've been doing this too long or something. Um, but I can't always see where the buyer is located. So anyway, once I got over that, I said, well, uh, what is your zip code? And are you in the U.S.? And I'll check uh -huh. it out for you. And anyway... You know what it was? I did have one dimension too large on the ah, yes. uh, shipping, which I corrected. They thanked me, and then they bought it. So we became uh, friends. You yes, you can easily add an extra digit to the length, and suddenly you're into oversized two or something, and that's a hundred and something dollar surcharge on FedEx or whatever. Yeah, well, this one, people. you know, could fit in fourteen inch, fourteen inches, and I had it at eighteen inches. So I just uh, fixed that. Um, but I do get that a lot where people are like, why are you charging so much for shipping? 
And then I'm always like, oh, what is your zip code? Well, I and send lots of them. why don't you tell me? I send lots of Yeah, but do you tell them. them your zip code? Uh, yes. Uh, well, okay, that's the difference. I probably would. Um, usually, it depends how much. Usually, the issue is that they, they, they've, they've, for whatever reason, just put priority mail as the only option, and it's a heavy item. And the issue is not really my zip code, it's their choice of carriers. Oh, um, got it. Do you tell them? Yes, that? I try and keep them focused on just one issue because if I start rabbiting on about my zip code, would they know how to get a quote and a, would they know how to find out what it what it looks like in my view? Probably not if they're if they're that dumb. So the important yeah. thing is just try and get them to focus on adding a second. Usually I'll say, you know, I I'm interested in item X, however, the fact that you're charging me a hundred dollars for shipping for a fifty, you know, eight pound item is killing the deal. Would you consider adding UPS Ground as a shipping option, which typically comes in at half the airmail price from the postal service? Um, and then quite often they will they will do that. Yeah. See, that's helpful and constructive. Uh, now I had something weird happen today. Yeah. This is mysterious, and I wonder if this will be solved anytime soon. Definitely Twilight Zone uh, territory. Sadly, no Twilight Zone music here, but uh, <laughs> I know, and I'm not going to try. We it. should get Doug Smith on this thing. He's much faster on the uh, on the sound effects. Come on. <laughs> well, um, I sold a lot over the weekend, and many of the items were old clothing that I've had listed for years. I mean, up to four or five years, and I thought. Wow. As I was shipping them. Sorry, Siri. Siri thought I was talking to her and I wasn't. Um, But I sold maybe four pieces of clothing that have been listed for a really long time. Well, I did my shipping and I put it out for the mail carrier and I got a message from someone that said, I did not place this order and I have no idea how this happened. I will be needing an immediate refund ASAP. Well, I it, it didn't get picked up yet, so I grabbed it and was getting ready. First of all, I had to throw away my scan sheet because if they scan that, you can't get a refund on your label. Hmm, that's a good point. Yeah, that's happened to me before. So I took my scan sheets away, and then um, the first thing I have to do is avoid the label. However, then... I got another message on another item and said, hello, I don't know how you managed to do this. I never ordered this and don't want it. Thanks. Well, if I knew how to make a sale and have somebody else buy an item from me, first of all, I'd be a thief. But secondly, I wouldn't have any inventory left. Um, So it happened with two people. At least, who claiming, realized Claiming it. that some, they, they were being billed for something they'd never bought. Right. They didn't do it. So I called eBay because I didn't know I was going to be able to avoid the label, but I was. Mm-hmm. So I avoided both labels. Um, the person, the customer service person was intrigued for it to happen to two people. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you know if this yeah. gets solved. Okay. Um you know, what got hacked? I, I don't know how this happened to me twice in one day. All right. I thought I'd throw those in there with Thank the you. And while we're on the Sherry Shipping Corner here, uh, something that came up today <laughs> that, again, it's something I don't have an answer to, 
you know, as I said, I, I'm quite into negotiating with sellers that I think are, are using an inappropriately expensive method of shipping. So this one comes up today. I can afford to pay 30 bucks for a £5 item, but I think the priority mail coast-to-coast -coast is a bit too expensive. Why doesn't the guy use UPS? It'll halve the cost. He doesn't make any less money. Just everybody wins apart from USPS. Um, and I've realized through this and a couple of previous similar situations that the C2C selling workflow doesn't have anything like as many options as the ones that like you and I use. It's dumbed down. So oh, when I say to him, are you talking about using the app? Oh no, just using the using the website, the, the 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 simple the simple process. Yes, the simple form. I say, well, look, if you look, he says, where, where what's the address you're delivering it to? And I go, well, isn't that on your screen? And he says, no, it's blank. I'm thinking, okay, this guy's a clown. He has no are idea. Are you what he's talking, talking about, about? You already bought it. Yes. Ah, so he does have your address. No, he doesn't. Well, really? yes, I do. Yes, I won the auction, or I, I, I made. I got, he accepted my best offer, and I'm saying, isn't it obvious to you? It's going to be much cheaper if you send this UPS. You'll see it instantly. You start to do the print label workflow. So he won your. Uh, the, I mean, sorry. He accepted you won my the offer. auction. I won. But you I, haven't I, paid offer him accepted. Yet? I haven't paid him yet because it's always best, in my view, to haggle, <laughs> haggle, and be a nuisance before you send the money. Once they have your money. There's no incentive for them to do anything that's going to help you. Right. That's right. Wait, I just want to throw in there, not to throw a wrench in it, that uh, lately I've sold a couple of items that were freight items and they hadn't paid yet. And it did not show me their address until they paid. Interesting. Well, I Isn't think that this, weird? I, I mean, this guy was actually reasonably tolerant of me asking for a couple of screenshots because I, I thought he was just messing the whole thing up. And if I could oh. just point him in the right direction, suddenly the light would shine and we'd be able to move on with that little conversation here. Uh -huh. uh, but he sent me a screenshot and yes, he was right. The the buyer's address was blank in you know the right-hand side where it says all the details on the, the, the shipping type screens. Uh -huh. It was blank because I hadn't sent payment yet. I was trying to get him to send me an adjusted invoice based upon UPS shipping. And he was right. The, there didn't seem to be any option to go into the print label flow until I had sent payment. He sent me the screenshot and there was no option to say, okay, we'll even just see what it looks like. Yeah. So I learned from this and maybe it's a change and maybe this is the first time I've got into the detail, but if you're on the C2C flow, the consumer to consumer, the basic, the super dumbed down listing and, and fulfillment flow, then they won't tell you anything about the buyer until they send payment. And then I think you get the option of printing the label, and hopefully he's now discovering, because I sent him payment a brief moment ago, um, that he can now see the different options and select the one that I'm saying is going to be cheaper. Yeah, I think it might be this newer, um, a new thing, because I was trying to figure out a freight quote, and mm -hmm. I couldn't even see their address. But you're not on the C2C flow. No, I'm. I I use the... And I, 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 I was trying to think, how do, I, how do I get this guy onto the, the regular fulfillment flow? 
and I, 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 there was nothing on the buttons on his screen saying press this to go to the more advanced arrangement or whatever. Yeah, but uh, you can I, send an invoice. Oh, sorry, but I don't think it. Anyway, go ahead. I don't even think it's any. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't didn't have like remote access to a computer to play around with it. But I, right. he did. He, he came across as like he had no clue. And actually, I think he was probably right. That there was no options. And I, I'm guessing that if on the listing creation side of it, if you just stick with the C to C simple listing flow. And I think there is an option on that to go to the advanced thing if you want more options. Yeah, there and my is. guess is if you create the thing with a C to C flow, that's probably going to be give you the C to C fulfillment flow, which is a learning point for me. That if I want to haggle over shipping, I have to say, you know what? Why don't I send you the amount that you're asking on the understanding that when you print the label, you'll do some lease cost work and credit me back the difference which is not my ideal way of doing it because he'll say, well, I didn't see anything. I just took the whole amount. But there you go. What can you do? Yeah. And this is also why I don't like immediate payment required with best offers because often when I make a best offer, I, gotta, I give a probability to that I'm going to be able to work something out with a seller that is more cost effective. On the shipping? Yes, that makes sense. Not That's 100%, crazy. not guaranteed, but I, I know oftentimes, let's say half the time, I can, they'll be quite reasonable at working with me not to lose any, make them any less money, just to pick a more effective option. Yes, it's crazy that they're putting priority for items that are bigger than 12 by 12 because by 12. Because it doesn't prompt them to do anything different. And when they, when they create the listing, it probably says it's only going to cost you eight bucks. So the guy says, well, that seems quite reasonable because he's not seeing the coast to coast rate. He's just seeing the yeah. same zone rate. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, there's our shipping. Yes, everybody's favorite uh, topic there. <laughs> shipping more details than you really cared to worry about. And with that, uh, I think that's probably going to wrap it up pretty much. We could just do a couple of diary announcements. Um, there's a set of check-in coming up, right? Yeah, in May, uh, May 25th, 12 p.m. Pacific time. 3 p.m. Eastern. That's right. Uh, we don't All know right. if we're doing a breakout room. I, my guess is we may get asked if we want to do that. So we'll let you know as and when we decide or we know what we're doing. And uh, also for you, your um, diary, if you're in the Orlando area, I'm sorry to keep hammering on about this, but I've realized that actually me talking about it does seem to drive people to come to these things. Awesome. Believe it or not, this thing is working in this whole podcast business. Uh, I'll see you very soon uh, in the future at uh, Firebirds Tuesday 25th. I'll be there starting the drinks at 5.30. Join me anytime you like after that. We'll be uh, hanging out in the bar by the windows. You'll see some sad-looking people. That's us. And with that, right. this is Philip Jackson. So Wait, thanks Philip. so much. Yes, what? I'm sorry. I forgot to thank Ralph for his oh. information about promoted listings. So we'll talk about it next week. Very good. And, and that, thank you, Ralph. All right. Very good. We'll see you next time. See you then. Thanks a lot.